good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 283 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, we have a full house today. Uh, Jess, how are you doing? I am well. I am here. I am tired. I might have to go at the half and get some more beauty sleep, but I am here and um, watched both matches that happened in the interim. Very good. Well, the uh, there wasn't a ton of stuff to talk about, so maybe we can get through uh, all this before you need to hit the hay. And <laughs> okay. we have MJ as well. MJ, how you doing, bud? I'm uh, busy, a little stressed, but uh, I'm glad to be on the pod today. As this is actually, believe it or not, one of the things I look forward to. I mean, it's the whole reason the podcast started because I wanted to hang out with my friends. So, um, and uh, yeah, then their pandemic happened, <laughs> and that's so how now... I became your friend because I yeah, wanted to exactly. hang out on the podcast. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. There's a lot of soccer to talk about. Uh, obviously, we had a couple of Loons matches, a couple of Aurora matches. City uh, played some matches, so let's kick it off. Um, I feel like we'll probably power through the Minnesota United stuff, at least this first game. Austin 2, uh, Minnesota United 1. This game happened uh, this past Wednesday, actually, on my birthday. Um, I didn't watch this match. I mean, I watch, I guess I'll take that back. I watched like the last like 15 minutes of this match on the bus home from uh, the Aurora match. Um, which was a 10 nothing drubbing we'll talk about in a little bit. Oh, uh, my God. So I, I didn't see, but I didn't see most of this match. Um, there was a goal in the 19th minute for Austin by John Gallagher, um, assisted by uh, Adam Lundqvist, uh, who we talked about a little bit on the podcast last week. Minnesota equalized uh, from Joseph Rosales with his first ever MLS goal, um, assisted by Mender Garcia. Uh, in the second half, we had a uh, tactical substitution, or not a tactical, an injury substitution as Eric Ballantin came on for Kamara Lawrence, who has been dealing with hamstring issues. Um, again, I don't know if there was some particular tweak or if there was just, you know, he had a, a specific tweak or if it's just a general, um, he's been dealing with the issue. Uh, 61st minute, young Sun Bing comes on for Mender Garcia and then Ariaga and Dunbar for Rosales and Fraga. Four substitutions for um, Adrian Heath, uh, fancy that. In the 82nd minute, though, um, Sebastian Dreese scores a goal. He comes on. He hadn't played since, I think, the end of April. Um, he comes on, scores a goal off a very long throw to the penalty spot where literally nobody marked him. Uh, and that was the end of the game in terms of scoring. However, Minnesota had a lot of great chances in this game. Um, Jess, do you so remember many. any, any of those? Painful. Yeah. So many. It's just like, oh, oh, no. Ha, oh. It was one yeah. of those. I watched the um, uh, Harry Potter-esque Brad Stuver um, just either saving Magic or, man. or willing goals, uh, willing shots onto the bar, either the, the post or the crossbar. Um, I did watch like that last, like, the last 10 or 15 minutes, which is basically um, right, right before the Juicy goal. I turned it, I put it on my phone, Juicy scores. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I just watched Minnesota pepper the goal. I believe that ended something with like three, 2.7, or I think I've seen different numbers, but they had a lot of XG for this game. Um, you know, again, snake bitten strikers, as that is kind of the the uh, the motif of Minnesota United, and you know, continues into the weekend. Um, we have get some, we create some really great chances, and then we just can't finish them. So, is there anything else, Jess, um, that you want to talk about from this game? Otherwise, we can we can move on. But if you wanna if you wanna mention anything, go ahead. Well, it was always good. It is always good to see an old flame like my man Ethan Finley. Reminisce over cocktails and gaze deeply, perhaps longingly, into one another's eyes and think about what might have been if we had been, say, a different place, a different time. Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> All right. MJ, did you have anything else you wanted to add from this game? Both goals were the result of weak-sided defenders and 
it's not just the back line, it's the midfielders too, but it's just like everyone's ball watching and that means people are open. You're, you're looking at the ball, not at the open jerseys. There are people that are already on the person with the ball, including Dane St. Clair. So you have a defender who is marking. You don't also need to be crowding the ball, waiting it for it to pop out magically to your feet. You need to be looking at where Drusy is. Uh, it's, it, but both goals were were that uh, fullbacks tucking in too much center, not defending the width properly. And, uh, you know, I, for one, am glad to see something consistent out of Minnesota United. Yeah. Um, well, that terrible defending is actually a great segue to the uh, Loons 1, Toronto FC 1. Uh, this happened this past Saturday um, at Allianz Field. First half. Uh, not much to say for basically the first hour of this game, honestly. Song Bin Zhang started up top uh, for the first time uh, in about five matches. Um, he got the start in this match. Um, he was kind of playing all over, dropping into the 10, playing as a, as a striker. Um, you know, there were some decent chances for both teams. I think uh, Bernadeschi uh, uh, had a shot that Dane Sinclair to make a stop on. I believe there's a couple of Minnesota opportunities that they, um, including uh, Sean Johnson, trying to gift Minnesota a goal a couple times uh, with some terrible. Uh, that, tw- uh, <laughs> that 28th yeah. minute clearance up the middle that we picked off and then w- went off one of their defenders legs. And then another yeah. defender just happened to be there and cleared off the line. My goodness. Yeah. Went after Mark, An- went, uh, went off of Mark Anthony K's like surprise. So we went to Dotson uh, and Sean Johnson was nowhere to be found. Um, wasn't able to score. Mabika, um, uh, M- uh, the, six foot seven dude uh who was on their back line who was like just insanely tall he had two really good clearances front for toronto in this match um in the second half specifically uh so in the second half as i mentioned like i said first hour was pretty back and forth um toronto sort of trying to will minnesota to come at them and score a goal um doing some of the countering themselves in the 57th minute that opens up uh lorenzo insigne scores a goal which is an absolute comedy of errors from both Hassani Dotson and DJ Taylor. Um, talk about ball watching, talk about not tracking back. DJ Taylor gets beat by Lauren, uh, by Insigne, who is what? Insigne is 35, 36. DJ yeah, Taylor he's... is what, 20, 26, 27? Uh, just gets absolutely torched by Insigne and then falls down out of the pitch uh, trying to stop him. He is able to cut back um, after a, a pass across the, across the top of the box, literally knives, you know, slices through about three or four loons uh, defenders straight to Insigne, who's able to step um, onto his right. And he puts it past uh, to Dane's left to open up the scoring for Toronto. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to catch this goal, MJ, or anything sort of happening beforehand. Um that you wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, it, it was like the the Italians play well for them. Um uh Bernardeschi and, and Lorenzo uh Insigne uh they, they, is 32, but still I mean the guy has an impressive career. He played for Napoli and you know what else whatever. Like we contained Insigne really, really well for about you know 20, 30 minutes, and then we didn't. And, and then Bernadeschi decided to, like, orchestrate this multi-pass, you know, pass, 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 um, multiple loons well, ball he, watching and having to flow from one side of the net to the other because, he tried to, again, he tried we're to, not... He tr- I'll say, he tried to lay it off to Sapong, but it basically, like, hit Sapong in the back and came right back to Bernadeschi. Like, he was trying to fuck it up, but uh, it was it was yeah, not yeah, to be. Yeah. No, but again, it, just to check... Sapong, Sapong fucked it up. Sapong was supposed to get the ball and then and then hit it into our defender, but you know, or hit it straight at Dane. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, just an absolute comedy of errors from you know trying tracking tracking back. DJ, I mean, to DJ Taylor's credit, he was he was well up into the attack when this turnover happened. So I give him I give him a not as much of the negative credit for this. Um, but Hassani Dotson, who was the one who loses the ball and just doesn't track back. Uh, and you know when the, the it's a you talk about like sort of team error like team goals in terms of like you know the negative side. This is absolutely a a team negative goal. There was lots of pieces that had to make this happen. Um, Dotson and DJ were the particularly uh, the ones that stood out the most. Let's put it that way. I, I would like to point out that in an ideal world, 
you're doing some mix of man marking and zonal marking when the other team is coming at you. And that what you don't do is have, you know, four people watch the ball, not looking where other players are. One person watching the other players, but like too far behind and needing to run to catch back up because they were part of the attack. And Dane getting, you know, just it, the goal wasn't his fault. And yeah. it, I don't think any of these, these last three goals were his fault. Right on. And then in the 65th minute, uh, a little bit of more time than we had originally anticipated, we get uh, Reynoso, uh, Manuel Reynoso comes back onto the pitch with Kervin Arriaga um, coming off for Dotson and Rosales. Um, Rosales, who we'll point out, like he said, he had a, his first goal of the game or of his MLS career last uh, on Wednesday. Um, he picked up a bit of knock in that game. So I think this is more of a precautionary. Um, I don't think he was, a, this was a tactical sub uh, for sure, but Ray on the pitch and literally Allianz feel, I mean, Allianz, I'll say this crowd was probably the best crowd of the season. I thought um, Anna, my wife thought it as well. She mentioned it specifically to me. I've seen other people, other, you know, fellow dark clouds and things, people that I know yeah. mentioning on Twitter, but the, the sound was great in the, it was just, it was loud. It was, you know, consistent. There wasn't too many lulls. Um, the the, drum, the really drums got us started. Yeah. Like, the tifo, yeah. Oh yeah. Was like huge. Yeah. Did, have you mentioned the TIFO yet? Um, but uh, the, yeah, but the, the, the drums were great. The cap, the capos were on, were on point. So I think it was in the rest of the, you know, not just the Wonderwall, but the rest of the crowd was really into the game. And you can definitely tell it when uh, the if there would have been a roof, it would they would have blown it off the pl- the fucking place if uh, when Reynoso come on came onto the pitch in the 65th minute. That was awesome. I was so glad I was there. Much earlier than I expected. I I was yeah. I my colleagues at Soda Soccer had predicted a late June, early July, uh, the first time we'd even see him, you know, take the pitch as a sub. So this is good news. Maybe he is on schedule to get in match day fitness sooner than we expected. I really yeah. wanted a goal out of him, though. I mean, I know that's unreasonable. I know he's been away. But, like, oh, we really needed it. If he would have scored a goal, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine how, how loud Allianz Field would have been. It, it I would have lost you know. my mind. Um, he almost scored. I mean, he had one. It was, he did. It was, like, the 73rd minute, one that he dragged just – uh, wide to the uh, to the right of the goal, um, right near where uh, where I stand. So watch that. He played. I mean, you know, I was uh, sort of mixed emotions about th- his return. Obviously, I, I have some lingering resentment, but you can't deny that, the, that when the guy's on the pitch, he's he's a uh, a wizard with the ball. Now, that doesn't necessarily make everybody else better, um, as we've seen, where if they're too reliant on him, um, obviously teams can can double team him and take you know, take him out of the game. Um, and then the rest of the, the, the team, you know, doesn't function well, but it's also, he is just absolutely great at just putting the ball on a platter for other people. And the other thing I think that people, you know, I was, I can't remember if it was somebody mentioned this. I can't remember if it was on, if it was um, the soda soccer after match show, or if it was on Twitter, but basically that none of the attacking players had played with Ray um, that were on the pitch when, you know, he was on it. You know, Bongi really um, just a little bit, but, um, you know, Song Bin Zhang, um, you know, the, all those guys, uh, there was just lots of new faces. And I, I'm sure he hasn't played. He hasn't got too much time training, which is why I think these next like three weeks are going to be hugely important for him. Obviously, they have a whole week to prepare for Montreal. And then after that, they have two weeks off, basically, where they don't have any games. Um, Reynoso is not getting called into national team duty. So this will be some like perfect timing for him to sort of um, I don't think he'll probably he'll probably be on the bench again against Montreal. Um, maybe he has like a 45 minute cameo uh, for this you know, upcoming match. Um, and then that last match of the season. Um, oh, yeah. The last uh, the, 20, the match on the 24th. I think that is when he probably gets his first start of the year. So uh, cool. And then the 89th minute, um, you, you could feel Minnesota pressing and pressing and, and everything. There's several opportunities that they had. Like we mentioned those first half um uh, early second half bungles by Sean Johnson, really trying to give uh, Minnesota the goal. Um, in the 88th minute, Mender Garcia has has a ball uh, that is, uh, I can't believe he doesn't manage to put it away. Bongi had one like that earlier in the game that I think went off of his shin. Um, just lots of opportunities. In the 89th minute, Minnesota finally gets the goal. Um, it's Kervin Arriaga. Uh, off of, so Reynoso crosses the ball uh, 
over uh, to you know basically switches the pitch to Bongi, who is on the uh, back post, um, who gets a, a pretty good header on it. But Sean Johnson somehow makes a save. I don't even know how he made makes a save on that one. And then, um, but the ball does not officially clear. Uh, drops Ariaga, who sort of chests it down. Uh, it takes like one step and then just hits a ball straight on target on frame. Uh, deflects off of a Toronto defender. Not exactly sure if that was uh, uh, Makibe or if it was Mark Anthony K. Um, but the ball goes in and uh, makes it one-one for Minnesota. And then again, the Allianz just erupted like we just won the game. Um, just gets us to uh, just gets us to a one-one draw. Anything to say on the goal, MJ? Just that uh, Bongi's celebration. He didn't even bother to like get to the sideline. He goes straight down to the knees right after he sees the ball go in, and he's shaking his fists in front of the wonder wall. Just that vibe, that energy that he showed. Yes, was he involved? Yeah, Reynoso to him, he heads it on, on frame. But he is so happy for Ariaga in that moment. You know, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't care that he didn't score it. I don't think he's even happy that he hit it off Sean Johnson and, and like, you know, he might get credited with an assist. I don't think that happens in soccer that way. But it's it's just like he is so happy that Ariaga scored, that Minnesota United scored, that they tied the game. And that was fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think part of it was he's just so fucking tired. I don't know if you noticed after the game. Uh, when that dude oh, like yeah. drops drops to uh you know, like drops down to the pitch um after a match, you know there was a very long, arduous uh 90 minutes for for the kids. So and, and it was hot and it was humid and it was so hot. Yes, very much so. So yeah, that guy, but that guy can run for days. So you know if he's dropping to his knees after the end of the game, that it was uh and it felt like every single player, basically, when the final whistle blew, they all just like fell down. Like, holy shit, I can't believe we played in that. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do our Freddie Adus for. Let's just do it for the week here. Um, and let's see, uh, Jess. Why don't we start with you? Ray, baby, he didn't have to do shit, but he fucking showed up, and I ain't mad at you, babe. So, mm-hmm. welcome home to Babylo. For sure. Yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to top that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Rosales for mine. Um, again, first goal in your MOS career, hopefully of many and uh, and just been playing really well after given an opportunity to start with, you know, with Lude going out and obviously lots of, um, you know, lots of turnover in the midfield, given an opportunity. So good on him. Um, guys playing really well. So and then uh, my shitty Freddie Adu. I'm going to go, you know, it's hard to, hard to pick one particular person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the, that sort of like combination DJ Taylor, uh, Sadi Dotson just sort of kind of just giving up. Yeah. I can't really, I can't really pick one. So I'll pick, uh, I'll pick the combination of, of that, that particular play. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise I think DJ Taylor's played really well this year. I think he's taken a massive step up, which is great. Um, he's so solid. Debassi coming back soon. Hopefully, Kamar Lawrence isn't injured for too long. Um, it's good. You're going to wonder where he's going to get minutes, but I think he's definitely played himself into that uh, conversation. Metinier so, still coming back. Who? Metinier. No. No, he's gone. Yeah. Apparently, he's still living in in the Twin Cities. Um, but I don't. Yeah, he's not uh, not going to be playing for Minnesota United anytime soon. So. Aww. MJ, who are who are your Freddie Adus? Uh, David, I, I missed yours. Uh, who was your good Adu? Joseph Rosales. Yeah, no, totally. I agree Agree there. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with a sneaky pick. Um, you would think that I would be all over Sang Bin Jung, but like, he was so close to scoring. To so many not, times. Not, not, not quite good enough. I mean, like, so close. Just needs to put a little extra effort on, rather than aiming for the corner, just aim for the net. Um, so he, he just misses my, my good adieu. So my good Freddie adieu actually goes to Fragapane. I thought, uh, he was hustling his ass off for once when Song Bin Zhang was pressing and hustling around, he wasn't like chasing the triangle and chasing. He had another person hustling and pressing with him. I was so, I'm not used to him defending with that amount of hustle at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I look for if Samuel John and Fragapane can continue to be on the same page with that press, 
good things will happen in the future. Maybe. All right, Jess, let's get the post-match hot or not. All right. So, neither hot nor not, but since it's my segment, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So, I was just realizing as I was scanning the player roster card, I, I had my niece with me this match. And I was like, I always like to pick out the guys that I like to give a lot of shit to from the opposing team or that I just know little anecdotes about. Um, and I really had nothing <laughs> to say about anybody on Toronto. And maybe this is just because inherently I really dig Canadians. But um, if anybody has some little tidbits or hot goss to... Um, you know, about Toronto FC, who should I heckle? Who can I um, razz the next time they come to town? Please at me on the twits. Can I, can I just say before you get, uh, Michael Bradley, who did not play, is a narc because um, his dad's the coach. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did remember that part. The, Itali the Italians don't like the Bradleys, so you can you can do that. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, 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 no. thank you. All, all feedback is welcome. Okay. And then, to lo and ho, to my surprise, you know, of course, I was attending the match in person, so I did not watch the broadcast, but some Grundy happened to call out on the twits, caught my point two seconds of fame. I was clapping like a thundercloud on the broadcast, and that made me happy. And then, hot. What a beautiful fucking TIFO that was. I was just so happy that... Uh, Madeline was there to see it with me and see that statement about um, my community's values. And um, I took a video actually as it was going up and I tried to recite the <laughs> Statue of Liberty um, recitation, you know, give me your, and I think I said, you know, give me your obese, give me, <laughs> give me your <laughs> underpaid. Um, so it was a hard fail and I wasn't able to post it to my Twitter like I, I had envisioned in my mind. So that's going to be like premium Patreon content. And that's all she wrote. There you go. Well, that's good. Yeah, we didn't mention the TIFO. Um, if you didn't get a chance to see it, I would definitely, you know, the team, the team tweeted out a video or a, a picture of it. Um, there's obviously lots of pictures from like the, the Wonderwall and the Dark Clouds and I think the t and and Red Loons. I'll post the pictures where they retweeted um, uh, tweets of it. There was um, an outline of the state of Minnesota um, that uh, in the, I believe it was in the, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a really cool uh, progressive pride centric. Trans flag colors. Yes. Trans flag colors. Yes. That's, I forgot uh, about um, that. You belong here. And it said, yeah, it said, you belong here. Um, so it, like they cut out a state, outline of the state of Minnesota. I helped uh, deploy that. I was actually helped the night before um, getting it into the stadium and getting it rigged up and everything, and which is a fun we thing to do. Um, if you ever want to, uh, I know there's a few more. I think there's a couple more TFOs that are in the works for this year. Um, they're always looking for volunteers in the TFO, um, whether that is if you're a designer and want to help design them, if you are just, you don't need any artistic talent, if you just want to come help paint um, or. You can you, get and paint I, all over your socks, <laughs> and then one time you open up your sock drawer, and then you're like, hey, I remember this is a sock I painted that TIFO in, and then you could be just like me. There you go. Or, or on game days, if you're around in the near the Wonderwall section, we are always looking for people to help uh, hoist, because um, you have to pull that up with via ropes, um, and it's not easy. So. I was actually at the top of the Wonderwall. It's actually a great view suit from the top of the Wonderwall, too, when you when you get done hoisting the TFO and you're holding it up there. It's a pretty cool. So yeah, definitely encourage that. And definitely if you get a chance to check out the, um, the TFO, the you belong here TFO, uh, uh, please do check it out. So, all right, MJ, you have, uh, some questions for us here. Hit us up. Yeah. Well, you know, David and I are red loons and we like to talk about left wing things. And so this is definitely a left wing question. Uh, Rosales at left wing hot or not. Uh, I mean, I'll let Jess say something, but I, you think everybody knows where I reside on on that uh, on that spectrum. Oh my god, I was totally crazy. Mu, Tell me again. Mui Mui Caliente for uh, Rosales on the left wing. So, <clears throat> is that where he scored? 
I say yeah. if that's where he scored, let's put him there more <laughs> often. Yeah. He's looked really good there. I mean. And uh, I, agree, I I totally agree about Frank. I, I screamed out his name several times in the last match. So part two of the question is, because Rosales is playing so well at left wing, when Ray eventually gets healthy enough to be in the starting lineup, or fit enough to be in the starting lineup, will Fragapane be a late game sub for Ray, or will he start at that left wing position that he had before? Will they start dos Argentinos or un Argentino? I think they would start Ray and sub Frank. I think and you, you keep you keep Rosales on the left wing. Is what you're saying? Well, do I? Yes, I personally do. Does yeah. he? I don't know. He? I don't know. Yeah. Out. <laughs> Um, well, based on what we, I mean, I would certainly keep Rosales on the left wing, um, and bring Fragapane off the bench, either to sub in for Rosales, uh, or to come on for Ray if, you know, if Ray needs a, a breather or something. Um, I can't imagine, uh, w- once Ray is fully fit, he typically played most, you know, he went either 90 or he'd go like 85 minutes if the game was sort of out of hand or whatever. Um, so I think it would be Fragapane coming on for Rosales in the left wing or, or, you know, coming out for somebody else to bring another attacker on, um, maybe pushing Rosales back to the midfield, you know, back to the, um, you know, the pivot with, you know, Trap or Dotson or, or Ariaga, um, if you if you're bringing Fragapani on, I think, and then based on what we know about Adrian Heath, I think he'll keep riding Rosales. Um, he, you know, he's a Heath is not a complicated man. He he typically, and he said as much that he plays if you. You play yourself onto the pitch and you play yourself off the pitch. And if Rosales is doing the things that he needs to do, um, I can't imagine he wouldn't keep getting started out on the left wing um, until he, he until he's either injured, uh, which we know people run players into the ground. So there's a very real possibility that he might be out for um, at some point this you know this season, uh, or he you know is is doing enough that necess- necessitates um, someone else starting. And uh, you know, unfortunately for Fragapane, who I think I think has been I, I'm I, I know. Jess, I know you are much more in love with Franco Fragapane than than I am. I feel he's been kind of hit or miss. Um, uh, a lot more, a lot more hit this I year. Love him. Yes, and a lot more hit this year, I think, than miss. Um, he certainly has been playing more two way soccer than we're used to seeing from Frago, uh, Franco Fragapane at least last year. So I think there's goes both ways this year. <laughs> that's that is true. That's a, it's a, that, so that's a good point. So yeah, I anyway. like a two-way MJ, player. Uh, MJ, what are your thoughts on on all this? I know you, I've, you've talked for a little while now. I think that Rosales should start at left wing when Ray comes back, and what should happen is, you know, whether that's Sangbin or Mender Garcia or another attacker that would sub in for a wing or a striker, um, especially once. Robin Mood gets healthy again, which I know is months away, but like they should be the subs and Fragapane should be when Ray's starting, but can't go the full 90. He should, Fragapane should be the number one depth piece behind Ray for that 10 spot. And you should reserve him for when Ray gets tired. That's what should happen. I think what will happen is I like what you said, David, you play yourself onto the pitch, you play yourself off, but I think Heath is going to like what Fragapane is doing so much in the 10 role that he thinks that he deserves the left wing spot back over Rosales. And you'll see Ray and Fragapane on the pitch at the same time. Don't quote me on this. Actually, do quote me on this. This is what I think will happen. But I don't think that's what should happen. All right. Fair enough. Minnesota United FC 2. They played on Saturday uh, as well in the afternoon out in Portland. Uh, Timbers 2 won that game 4-2. to two. Um, of note, though, Cameron Lacey, who just recently signed uh, with the Tunes, he scored uh, his first two goals. Actually, he got a brace in the 4-2 loss to the uh, Portland Timbers 2 team. Other United news. So, Kervin Ariaga uh, was just today named to the team of the ma- uh, match day bench for week 17. So, that is pretty cool. Was there a particular play that I... I mean, he scored a goal. Um, so he scored, typically, goal. he scored the goal to tie it up. Um, that's right. That's really <laughs> the, they forget. Yeah, that's really the only reason he made it to the team of the match day bench. What have uh, you done for me lately? Yeah, we we kind of speculated about this last week, but it sounds like this is all but secu- double done. 
Uh, Luis Amaria is moving to Liga Mekis and Mazatlan. Um, again, fuck Mazatlan that uh, they stole a team from uh, Morelia. Morelia. Uh, so that clears up a international spot. Or no, not an international, international spot because uh, Amaria had his green card. But it frees up a designated player spot. Uh, Daniel Henry being waived. Who That, that happened um, late last week as well. He mm. had not played at all for Minnesota United. Uh, he had played a few minutes for MNUFC 2. I believe he started the season hurt and on the injured list. He's actually the one who um, he played in Korea with uh, Song Bin Jong. So mm. he knew yeah. he knew him. Um, I wonder if they waited to wave him until they felt like Song Bin Jong was, was a little more comfortable or, or what. But he is an international. So that clears up an international spot, um, which leads us to the, the biggest rumor going around the Twin Cities uh, soccer area fandom right now. Uh, Puku, Puki Party, uh, Timu Puki, the uh, Finnish striker slash, um, you know, attacker from uh, currently, well, currently with Norwich City, but he's out of contract at the end of this year. Uh, this is a baldy beardo, um, the best kind of baldies. So he's, you know, pretty much bald head, really he has an awesome beard uh, sometimes, uh, very Finnish piratey uh, looking. He's on a free, he's a free agent. Um, he's out of contract at the end of the year, so he would not cost anything in terms of transfer fee, but definitely would be in the realm of a designated player. So that's the big rumor. Uh, Timu Puki, obviously there's the Finnish connection with Robin Lude. Um, obviously, I think Timu Puki actually tried to lure Robin Lude to um, Europe uh, a couple years ago, actually, when they're in there. They've been they playing the Finnish national team together. Um, they're both starters. Uh, Puki is, I believe, 33 or 34. Um, so this is not a uh, sort of, you know, transformational player. This isn't going to be a guy who's going to be on the team, potentially on the team for four, four or five years. This is a sort of a temporary, maybe one, two How year. How many did you say? <laughs> a temporary one or two year solution. Because that's yes, how we, there you go. That's how we uh, plow through our uh, strikers. Um <laughs> But and he's not necessarily the fastest guy in the world, um, but he does know how to uh, play off of defenders really well. Uh, he tormented teams in the EPL. I'm sure he tormented Everton more than once with some pretty ridiculous goals. Mm-hmm. He scored double-digit goals at pretty much every um, every stop, whether that is the champion, whether that is the EPL, uh, whether that's a championship. Um, the championship is probably much more in line with you know the the, the play of an ML, of general MLS teams. So if this guy can come in in July, um, obviously he's on. Like I said he's on a free. Um, I believe he can sign a contract pretty soon, and then um, can you know he can train here. He can't actually see the pitch until the July transfer window opens up for MOS teams. But if he could get you know seven to ten goals, that would be hugely important for Minnesota um, going forward here. From now with Ray back in the fold, so. I have a quick suggestion, just quickly, Wikipedia Pookie, Timu Pookie, which I really do enjoy saying. That could that that would lends lends itself to rolling off the tongue, but um, I much rather prefer his hairstyle from 2011, where he's got a shaggy kind of um, over ear curly thing going on to Mister Clean. He looks kind of like a cancer patient in more recent. Well, he has not had that hair since I believe 2013 at the at the latest. So well, that's not, I mean, that's not coming back anytime soon. Bring it back. Bring it back. I, I don't. I don't think that's coming back anytime soon, Jess. Unfortunately, so. at, at least he's not Bob Bradley. Probably not by choice, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Uh, and finally, the other Minnesota United bit of news that happened last week, shortly after we recorded. Uh, was Patrick Wea, um, the uh, I believe he's only 19 still. He's been uh, sent out on loan to FC Tulsa. He obviously had suffered the ACL tear at the very, very beginning of last year, basically missed an entire year. This is just an opportunity for him to get some regular playing time with a team that's a step above the MLS Next Pro team. So um, hopefully he goes on loan and, uh, and scores a few goals for FC Tulsa. Um, it's a season-long loan uh, with an opportunity for Minnesota to recall him if they run into a problem with strikers, which hopefully they won't have to do. All right. Speaking of strikers, MJ, once a loon. We have uh, two of the favorite NASL era strikers for Minnesota United on once a loon today. Uh, as many people have heard in MLS, Christian Mirza scored a brace and got one assist 
as the Columbus crew beat down Clint FC four to two. Uh, hooray, Superman. We, we love you. We miss you. And also, <laughs> Pablo Pampo still in the Twin Cities playing for Vlora FC uh, a week ago Saturday was down in Austin playing for Austin Villa. And Vlora came from, no, Vlora beat Austin Villa one to two away from home. And Pablo Campos scored both go-ahead goals. So good on Pablo. Um, happy for you. Happy you're still doing your thing. And uh, you can beat a team like Austin Villa down in Austin. Why not? Um, I believe Christian Ramirez is up for player of the week for that performance. So go to uh, MLSsoccer.com uh, and vote for Christian Ramirez. I think you can vote on Twitter, too, if you're, uh, if you're yeah. on the – You, you have Twitter. to do the hashtag thing. But, yes, vote, vote for Christian as player of the week. Yep. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit the all the lower league soccer news, Minneapolis City, Aurora, and uh, and preview the Montreal Impact, a team we don't normally see very often. So uh, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. All right, and we are back, and let's kick it off with the Minneapolis City Minute. Uh, Crows beat the Bavarians uh, one to nothing uh, this past Saturday, or sorry, Friday. Um, it was a, a heck of a match. Uh, yeah, MJ, uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Hakeem Morgan's barely into the attacking third. He's on the way left side, and, and he sends a pretty deep ball in that Shea Be- Beckel just runs on and and – heads very powerfully into the back of the net. He beats his defender. He beats the keeper. He heads that ball. And after that goal, instead of the Crows allowing two to three other goals from the opposition, (laughs) they hang on. They hang on. They put a defensive uh, stand and they win one nothing for their first USL League 2 win of the season. This means that uh, after starting the season with two losses, they have a draw and a win. Carl Craig's got the ship headed in the right direction. It's very good. It was very fun uh, to watch Minneapolis City. Um, their next match, uh, League Two match, is coming up um, this Saturday, uh, June 10th at 6 p.m. Um, versus that Rochester FC, uh, who I believe they drew with one to one earlier, not too like maybe like a week ago, uh, something like that. Um, that game again is at 6 p.m. at uh, at Augsburg at Edor Nelson Field. I think I'm going to bring at least one, possibly both of my children to that game. So oh, do both. I'm going to try it. I, they, they have minds of their own, so they don't necessarily always want to come. So, um, oh, or they'll change, they change their mind. Ragnar, the places of children. Ragnar was supposed to come to this pa- last match, but uh, he changed his mind at the very last minute. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, all right, MJ, how's the futures doing? They seem to be doing pretty well. They just keep on winning. Minneapolis City Futures win, 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 no matter what. Played Twin City rivals St. Croix SC. It is not the Legends, unless it's the Legends 2. But uh, City versus St. Croix, the UPSL edition. And the Futures beat St. Croix 3-2. After St. Croix went up 2-0, and it was still 2-0 at half, then St. Croix get an own goal. So yay for us, um, and it's one to two. Then Carter Hermanson, who's just been on a scoring tear, gets a goal assisted by Camel Hutu, uh, Karin FA member Camel Hutu. Uh, he's been on an assist tear. Love seeing that guy score or assist whenever he can. And then in the 82nd minute, which is almost as late as MJ is to a match, in the 82nd <laughs> minute, Alvaro Arce former Valora midfielder gets the game winner from Zach Susie. The Susie is Lucy and futures win three, two at home. The next futures game is this Friday, June 7th, 7 PM versus St. Paul Blackhawks. Um, They're playing at Blackhawks, which who play at Humboldt high school. Well, uh, and then uh, today, actually, Minneapolis city, uh, previewed their pride shirt uh which is their um the super awesome wing kit from last year but decked out in amazing pride colors 
Um, it's a it's a really amazing shirt. Definitely check it out. Um, and then uh, ten dollars oh, yeah, ten dollars of every kit is going to benefit uh, Gray Ducks uh, Team Trans, uh, which is super awesome. So um, they, if you, if you haven't seen the kit yet, definitely check it out. It's 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 very cool. And it was designed by former player Miles Stockman Willis. So um, even better. So former player gets the design cred for the. I, I, I think it's great. Everything about it is great. Also, I'm creating my own segment right here, right now. And it's <laughs> City merch review. Awesome. Okay. So I recently purchased the three poster sets for the three matches. $17. <laughs> they are beautiful. I'm showing MJ and Zeller, but I understand this is a audio, audio medium. medium. So if you see- love black and pink. And you love the Minneapolis City Crows, you will love these posters. They are gorgeous. Very cool. That is all. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Uh, We have a little bit of gopher soccer to talk about. They just dropped their schedule for uh, this upcoming season, um, which MJ notes here in our document is the 30th season of gopher soccer. Yeah, the season opener isn't going to be till Monday, August 7th. Really weird opening on a Monday. They usually play Thursday, Sundays, Thursdays and Sundays. Um, so, but yes, Monday, August 7th at 6 p.m. at Elizabeth Lowry, Robbie Stadium versus NDSU. And then quick turnaround that same week. If you can't make it Monday at 6 p.m., come on Thursday at 6 p.m., August 10th, as they host Iowa State. So those are the first two games. Their first three games are all at home, all non-conference. Um, come out when you are sick of Minnesota United and you're missing the women's soccer of Minnesota Aurora, or maybe you're a Salvo fan, or maybe you're a St. Paul Blackhawks fan. You're missing the summer women's soccer that you had in the summer. Come out in the fall, watch them go for soccer. It will be the 30th season. I have a source that has told me that they were, are trying to get previous generations of Gopher soccer back in the stadium to honor them in person. So it should be exciting. Very cool. <clears throat> All right, let's um, move on to the team that can finish their chances. Uh, Minnesota Aurora. Uh, if you didn't catch it, the highlights from the game this past Wednesday on May 31st. Uh, again, I think everybody realizes my birthday and, and they heard I wanted double digit goals. And uh, Aurora was happy to oblige. They played uh, RKC Third Coast. That is the Racine Kenosha team. Um, this is their very first season in um they only brought two subs and one was a goalkeeper. Um, so they had one field sub and Aurora, it was hot. It was very hot. Aurora. I would have wanted out. 10 subs on my bench. Yeah. Were, yeah. Aurora scored six before half. Um, they believe they scored three in the first like 15 minutes. Uh, it was a, it was a shellacking Aurora 10 uh, RKC third coast zero uh, mm. MJ wrote MJ wrote a really great article. Um, don't read it if you're hungry, because um, he does uh, throw out some very tasty uh, combinations of, of foods there. So kudos to you, MJ. That was very good. But I was <laughs> I, I was a little I was a little high and a little hungry when I was reading it. So I uh, it got me. I was a little pissed off at you at the very end because I needed to eat something. Did you grab at least some peanut butter and some crackers or something? Uh, like I after I read your article, yes, I did. But it was a very okay, good. It was a very long piece, and it was very, very well written. So, um, so listen, I looked up a 10-course t- French meal and what all the courses were called and what would be some example dishes. For those of you that don't know, I can't afford to eat a 10-course meal. I cook my own 10-course meal- meals at home. That's what I do. But, like, or, you know, a main course with six sides. You know, I, I do stuff like that at home. But I can't afford to eat these fancy, like, very tiny you know, they don't want to make sure that one course is too filling. So it's just very tiny. You know, I hit buffets. That's what's in my budget. I go out, <laughs> I make a five course meal out of a buffet. I do a salad course, a fruit course, a soup course, all at a buffet. That's what I do. So I, I because I have zero experience with this experience of, of a French classic multi-course meal, I had to do a lot of research and you should reap the rewards of that research by reading my article. Mise en place. Yeah, and Jess can teach me later on the pod how to pronounce um, all those French terms that I don't know how to say. Don't worry, I'll tell them wrong. Uh, all right, so yes, go check out the article if you want to see. Maya Hansen, uh, I believe, had a hat trick in the first like 25 minutes of the game. Um, 
They brought in all seven of their substitutions in at, at the at halftime. It still managed to score a goal, I believe, in like the 49th minute, four minutes after basically like almost an entirely rotated team comes on the pitch. So, you know, Aurora's good, and you know, RKC, they were also, I believe, they're missing several of their normal starters. So, I think it'll be a much closer game um, in 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 Kenosha or Racine or wherever the hell they play outside of Milwaukee. Um, but it should be uh, a pretty standard Aurora win. So, now that. Speaking of going on the road, uh, uh, Aurora went down to Rochester yesterday, Sunday, uh, to for a match against uh, Rochester FC uh, with a heavily, heavily rotated lineup. Aurora wins one to nothing. Yeah, the uh, lineup included Olivia Grutman in goal. They brought backup keeper Bayless Flynn. So neither of their two goalkeepers that have played thus far get a chance to play in this game. Olivia Grutman from St. Thomas, local gal, love seeing her get minutes. Also, if you are not hungry, but like baking, you should follow Olivia Grutman on Instagram. Really delicious stuff that she's putting out there. Um, Sophie French starts up top, uh, and she had started previously, but at right wing. So this is the first time we got to see Sophie French at striker, notably resting Maya Hansen. Left wing, Brendan Mulaney starts. She makes her first appearance for Aurora, notably resting Mar- Mariah Wynn. And uh, also Kylie Olsen gets, has played and subbed in before, but gets her first start at right fullback. Pretty amazing that they can go down and play with a fairly rotated lineup. But also just as amazing is what Rochester learned from the first game. Their defense was so much better. Emma Knack, I believe her name is, uh, from St. Francis High School, she is committed to South Dakota State to play with Maya Hansen for the Jackrabbits. Um, she is going to be a really good goalkeeper. It's going to be interesting to watch her career. Um, and so, yeah, she played out of her mind. Yeah, we will say the goal was scored by Tiana Harris. Uh, it's her second goal of the season. I believe it was, it was shortly before halftime. I think it was like in the 39th or 40th minute. Um, it was a free kick um, off of, from... Uh, she, was she playing in the midfield, Addie Wickers? Yeah, Addie Wickers, the defender. Addie Wickers was was uh, in the defensive midfield role. Okay, um, so she had a free and, kick, um, and she puts it right into the box, and Tiana Harris gets in there and gets her head on it and to score the goal. And Tiana Harris was so excited, like like she is just ecstatic since they were playing such. Rochester was playing such good D. All the Royal players are getting around to hug Tiana Harris. They're all happy for her and everything. So. Huge relief, I think, for Aurora to to get that goal. Yeah, I had my <clears> – I wasn't able to watch the first half of this game. I had my – I just started my own new uh, – starting with playing with this new team out in Lakeville on Sunday Sunday afternoons, uh, which really eats into my uh, – it eats into my, uh, you know, hanging out on Sundays, not doing anything time. Um, so I played a game match at 2.30 in, like, in that sun. So it was, like, the hottest part of the day. I was just playing, playing goalkeeper with my – long sleeve goalkeeper shirt on it. it it was not super awesome so but i caught the second half and definitely minnesota was controlling the, the the pace of the game um they were sort of you know passing around at will rochester looked dangerous a couple of times in the second half um so clearly they you know to your point mj they, they learned a little bit more about themselves i think every team is going to give uh aurora a slightly better uh, matchup in the second half um but again it just i think to your point the, the team rotated very heavily and didn't seem to miss a beat in terms of their ability to connect on passes. The finishing maybe wasn't there as much as it has been the first few games, but again, they already scored now 20 goals and they've conceded nothing. So if you're not going to concede anything, you don't need to, you don't need to score on all your chances, you know. Also should point out last year, the center back rock, rock star Kelsey Kafusi made her first appearance for Aurora. She has been uh, sidelined with injury and it's good to see her out on the pitch again. Uh, all right, so the next match is upcoming this Wednesday out in Egan at the TCO Stadium. The Chicago Dutch Lions are in town. Uh, then they go away to Chicago City again next Sunday. I don't have the time of that game, but I'm guessing it's probably in the afternoon like this previous one was. So, um, yeah, that's all a, right. That's a big game because uh, Chicago City are in second place. And it'll probably be no offense to their bottom of the ta- bottom three teams of the table that they have been playing. It'll it'll probably be the first real test of going against a significantly better team. Exactly. So, 
All right, moving on. Let's talk about very briefly about the upcoming match for Minnesota United. They will kick off against the Montreal Impact at six thirty our time in uh, up in up in Montreal. Um, MJ hit us with uh, with some players that we should be watching out for from well, Montreal. First, I want to talk about Coach Hernan Losada, uh, who's from Argentina, but is feeling just fine in Montreal as much as a 10th place team in the East can feel fine. And he likes to play a three, five, two. So that means there are two strikers up top, perhaps one, maybe Mason toy eventually when he gets more healthy, but he's coming off an injury. He did finally sub in late in, in the last game they played in Philadelphia. They lost he came, nothing. He came on at the half. So oh, he, he might, came at the half. Yeah. He My might bad. be, he might be ready to start next this coming week. Well, they're, they're, primary striker or like rockstar DP striker is from Finland um, country for a lot Lassie Lappenlainen and uh, he is their left forward and they've just been cycling different people in in that right forward spot Um, also on the international and um, I don't think he's a DP but at least international spot their defensive midfielder Victor Wanyama Someone David is probably familiar with because he played on uh, for uh, a very Spursy team in the Premier League. Yeah, he is. I don't believe he's been playing with uh, recently with. Uh, I mean, he, with Toronto, he started two games ago. Okay, yeah, he wasn't on the lineup or on the bench, so I'm not sure if he got hurt. I guess oh, it's possible okay. that he possibly got hurt. Uh, I'll just. I mean, yeah, there's Montreal is not good <laughs> for, for a reason. Um, they don't have some. Super great players. Uh, one thing, a youth international from the U.S., uh, Bryce Duke, is a 22-year-old center midfielder. He, um, you know, he's you know potentially a, a USM NT. He's sort of up with that. I guess I'd call him like the third or fourth team. He's not going to probably get minutes, but if there's enough absences or enough injuries, he's you know he's far down the depth list. But he's played for some U.S. youth international. He's pretty good for a yeah. young kid. He's pretty good. And again, yes, he's very very young. And then the other. A uh, young kid, uh, another central midfielder. So they have two central midfielders, um, you know, international, uh, youth internationals. I said Bryce Duke, sort of in the the right of that, uh, that right middle. Um, and then Nathan Saliba of Canada on the sort of left-hand side. So they're very young, uh, very inexperienced in the middle of the pitch, um, which is weirdly enough where Minnesota likes to play. Um, and then uh, Ahmed Hamdi is the other, I believe he's a designated player uh, as well. He's from Egypt. He's an attacking midfielder. Um, he is also a fairly dangerous player to watch as well for, for Montreal. So yes. How how do we line up? How do we play um the Montreal impacts? God, I don't know. We're gonna be in Montreal. We're not familiar with that stadium. They speak a different language up there. They call their team formerly the impact that used to play the Thunder and the Minnesota Stars and Minnesota United in the NSL all the time. They now call it Club de Foot. Yeah, they're... Or, <laughs> I, 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 Jess, you, you can correct. Is it Club de Foot? Club de Foot. Okay, thank you. In my French, I love that I'm the res- resident authority here and I should not be trusted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't we... know what to say, Zeller. It, 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 it could be chaos in the midfield with just a lot of turnovers. And so I say whichever team learns how to use their outside backs and their wings and their width, and then channels the ball back to the center, they're going to score. Um, I hope it's us, but we, you know, I was going to say we don't play well away from home, but this year we're playing better away from home than we are at home. So, uh, gosh, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like we should play the theme song do you guys watch letter kenny anyway for any yeah. letter fans which i am a huge one i feel like we should play that aujourd'hui ma vie c'est de la marde that's the song they always play when they go in the truck up to uh french canadian uh french canada and and they <laughs> it's like an acoustic guitar it all in French. I don't really know what they're saying. Or aujourd'hui, I think that's tomorrow. Um, I feel like we should just pretend like we speak French this entire match and see what happens. Let's get weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, and to your, to your point about Wanyama, he, yeah, he last played for May, on May 31st, but he hasn't played since then. And I don't know, he's not injured, so I don't know why he's he didn't even make the, the roster for the last match. So a um, couple things about Montreal. I'll just say uh, the those of you who are old older um, Minnesota United and ASL stars, Minnesota Thunder uh, fans may remember um, several Montreal meltdowns. Um, including Montreal players uh, fighting each other on the pitch. Uh, this has happened several times in Minnesota where Montreal has had a complete meltdown. I believe they actually did that. They had a meltdown in, in the MOS days too. Um, in, in T- at TCF, they, they had a meltdown. At TCF, yes. Yeah, so, so that is a common theme uh, with Montreal and Minnesota is uh, Montreal melts down. So I'm always rooting for that. Uh, also, one other thing too to point out is that Montreal is playing Vancouver in Vancouver on Wednesday in the Canadian Championship. Um, that is the winner of that gets a coffee calf champions league, uh, birth. So I, I have a feeling that Montreal is going to put out, put out a, a, a full, um, a full squad for that one. Uh, and probably a less, you know, less than a squad against Minnesota. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're going to sort of prioritize. I assume they'll prioritize the Canadian championship. Uh, and then it is just a very short turnaround, um, to play, Minnesota at Mon- in Montreal at 6.30. So they have to fly across country uh, twice, basically, um, this week. So uh, with that being said, I think Minnesota will do what we normally do on the road. Um, we'll sort of sit back, uh, absorb pressure, uh, hope our defense holds, uh, and try and counter and, you know, uh, steal a goal or two, um, maybe against throwing a play. Um, but considering the, the amount of XG that we create, <laughs> um, hopefully maybe resort to the mean. And Montreal is not very good. Uh, Minnesota is also not very good, but I think we are much better than Montreal. So what is the results uh, on Saturday? Jess, what do you think? Um, I'm going to say Loons 2-1 because as MJ mentioned, we have been playing statistically better on the road than at home. And we're going to listen to a lot of French Canadian music on the way there. All right. MJ, what do you got? Uh, Loons win one nothing. It could be go the other way, and it could be like seven goals scored. But I think Loons win a close one, one nothing. Uh, interesting enough, on the MJ and on uh, Parlor, they're really concerned who sabotaged the club of French speakers. Menier uh, was injured; is no longer with the club. De Bassi is injured. Unu is gone. We have no French translators, like. And they are digging to see if George Soros and pizza parlors have anything to do with this. They are relying on me as their translator at the moment as well. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I so I guess I'm, I'll, I'll split the difference. I think it's uh, two nothing loons. Um, I think we're all in, in agreement here that the loons get a win, which of course means that Montreal will probably beat us four to four to one or something like that. <laughs> Eighty-five. So. Uh, all right. Some. World soccer. Um, so we're, we're wrapped. Obviously, all of the European leagues um, either had wrapped up or wrapped up this weekend. We do have some uh, international soccer that's still going on, though. Uh, the Manchester Derby in the FA Cup final. I didn't. Man City won. Fuck Man City. Um, MJ. Yay, Anna. Yay, Anna. Uh, I cheer with you. While everybody was uh, watching the Manchester Derby, I was actually watching the Women's Champions League final. Uh, corralling my children, um, Barcelona and Wolfsburg. And this was an amazing, amazing Barcelona. match. I, I just want to say the much better game, the much better it game was, going oh, on absolutely. at the same time was the premier European championship for, for yes. the women. The, the one thing I will say about the, the, the FA Cup final is uh, we had literally just got to the Blackheart. I, we brought the kids. Um, we were ordering drinks. I'd order mine. And I hadn't even sort of ordered anything. And, okay, Gundogan hit that uh, screamer from about 30 yards out. Scoring the fastest ever goal and in the FA Cup final, um, maybe the fastest goal ever in the Manchester Derby. I don't, I didn't, I don't know. I did check that, but um, yeah, Man City won two to one. But as you mentioned, the uh, Women's Champions League final was way more interesting, way more fun. Wolfsburg had Barcelona dead to rights, up two nothing, um, and Barcelona uh, comes back and, and wins this game. I don't know how they did it, MJ. Yeah, you know, uh, early on in the match, in the third minute, uh, Eva Payor for the the Polish striker, she she gets a goal, and then later in the half, uh, German national team player Alexander Pop, uh, phenomenal 
uh, player, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, uh, she gets a goal in the 37th minute. So it looks not good. And then, you know, Barcelona, you know, they they make a few subs in the, in the 70, like they make a sub in the 70th minute and the 79th minute, but they mostly just keep their same players out there because they're really good. And they, they talked about some things. They coach talked about some things, obviously, and uh, they just went on a tear. Yeah. Um, goals in the 48th and 50th minute. And then the, the dagger, um, the winner in the 70th minute, um, yeah. pretty much a- a- after the half, it was all Barcelona. I don't, <laughs> I don't even remember what was on the ball very much in the second half. So Patri or Patricia, uh, Patrick Guijaro, she's only 25 years old. She scores two goals. And then uh, Fridolina Rolfo, who, who's been their, you know, primary goal scorer this year, uh, caps it off with the game winner in the 70th minute. Um, if you have not watched the highlights to this match, watch the highlights of this. Don't watch the FA Cup final. That, that That's just Ilke one hitting shots from distance and someone like uh, some Bruno guy Brunoing a, a PK. You fuck that. Watch, watch this, the highlights of this final. Yep, absolutely. Uh, speaking of um, Champions League finals, uh, the men's version is coming up this Saturday, uh, June 10th at 2 p.m. It's Man City versus uh, Inter Milan. Um, if Man City wins this, they will win a, a very rare um, domestic. Uh, sorry, oh, sorry, trouble. Um, that's you know winning the Champions League, the uh, cup competition of your of your country as well as your domestic league. So um, we're really hoping Man City doesn't do that, but that also means you have to cheer for racists, and um, that's also I'm not a huge fan of. So you know what, you cannot call Lukaku a racist. I'm just saying. I- Fans, the fans are racist. The fans yeah, racist can be fans. The, the Italian fans can be racist. Yes, Romu, I actually, I actually, I mean, that's one of the reason why I'm, I actually like Romulo Lukaku. Um, he's like maybe the one Everton player that I actually uh, get a kick out of. Um, why? I don't know because just because because he scores goals against City. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean that that is also true. Um, he's you know I again I think he's I think he's a really interesting uh really interesting dude too. So. Um, so yeah, He's I'll probably fascinated be fascinated by him. Just absolutely yes. fascinated. Yes, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> yeah, check it out Saturday, June 10th. Uh, I'm sure 2 p.m. Um, the match will be on at the Blackheart. So uh, you can start your pregame uh, a little early. Uh, finally, a uh, couple of U20 teams finished up their e- either World Cups or qualifying for the World Cups, both with losses, unfortunately. The uh, U20 Men World Cup uh dreams end in Argentina by losing to Uruguay. Um, that was a uh, very rough match. It was 2 nothing. Uh, Uruguay was pretty much in control almost all of that game. Uh, and then the U.S. U-20 women, uh, they finished up their World Cup qualifying. I believe they were in the Dominican Republic. Um, the U.S. Beat, uh, beat Costa Rica in, or sorry, yes, they beat Costa Rica in the semifinal match, um, securing their spot in the 2024 U-20 uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, but they lost to Mexico in the final, two to one. Uh, apparently, they were the better team most of this game. Mexico converted two of their chances, and the U.S. Um, just like the Loons, uh, couldn't finish and couldn't find the back of the net. So they lose to Mexico. Um, they will, but they will be playing in the 2024 U20 Women's World Cup. Um, they don't know where that is going to be yet because FIFA has not announced it. So that's coming up next year. <laughs> um, so good job, FIFA. All right. Yay. Anything else? Anything else we want to hit on or discuss before we call it a night? Let Jess get to bed. <laughs> Just one final thing about that CONCACAF U-20 Women's Championship slash U-20 World Cup qualifier. Uh, Paola Ten for the Minnesota Aurora is a center back, and she started for two out of the three Dominican Republic ga- games. They they were hosting the Republica Dominicana, and uh, sadly, in the second game, she got a red card which means in the third game, which was their best chance for a win against Puerto Rico, she had to sit. So um, unfortunately, a, a shortened tournament for Pauaten. Um, looking forward to seeing her get playing time with Aurora, it, but they have a very deep crew at center back um, and people that are more experienced. Um, but just it's nice to see Aurora get a younger player like that, who by all accounts by the videos I've watched is really solid. Uh, all right. Well, Make sure you check us out, uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. 
Um, come find us at a soccer match this coming week. Like I said, I'll be at Aurora um, and Minneapolis City and, and maybe swinging by the Blackheart uh, for the um, for the Champions League final, um, as well as possibly catching the second half of the Loons game. We shall see. Uh, and yeah. please, for David's birthday, please share this podcast with your soccer friends and family. Birthday was last week, bud, but <clears throat> I appreciate the uh, I appreciate it. So yes, uh, hey. share with whomever. Uh, you can you can reach us at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui, and Jess is as always at Jessica one four four zero eight three nine two. Uh, we've been the Dave you know. This is Dave. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Uh, son, 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 son,